Once again, we are live backstage here at the Arcada Theater with just, I don't even know what to say about this man, Chuck Negron of Three Dog Night. This guy, you know, in 1967 started it all, you're young bucks, and then all of us, 67, right? 67, 68, 68, uh, but then one really put it over the top. Yeah. The voice of, I guess if I said the voice of one, it's got a lot of meanings there, but really. Yeah, 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 I signed it, so yeah, that, that works for me. Now, what was, okay, there was there was the day before one hit, you were thinking one way, you were a certain, a certain, certain place in life, one hits, and then did it hit you like a truck? It was like, oh my God, what's going on? Yeah, well, what, what happened was um, we were having a sound check. And I think we were in Detroit. We were having a sound check, and I, you know, I was back because the vocalists went later. And I, you know, I was back, and and uh, the desk said, "There's a telegram for you." So I went and got the telegram, and I opened it up, and it was from the president of uh, Jay Alaska, uh, the president of Dunhill, and he said. Uh, the, you know, it said you you have gone sold a million records. Million records. Yeah, you know this record's gold, and I went, oh my god! So it was like, whoa, over, you know, over the top. It was very, 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 very exciting. Well, what was that that environment? I mean, you know, we hear about it. We, you know, you talk about it in '69 and the Woodstock era, and you know, in the, the early '70s. I mean, you know, the, the 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 environment of the time was it exactly like the way it's perceived out there i mean well, partying all night yes that that happened that there was uh, <laughs> definitely you get to meet a lot of people because you're all hanging and you know and partying but you you wouldn't you wouldn't think so but the acts were very competitive hmm. i mean they just didn't go out up there and you know and you know just flowers and love they want they did not want to be the worst band up there and they wanted to be the best so you know they were fighting for positions I saw uh, Emerson Lake and Palmer's manager fighting with Rod Stewart's manager. Wow! Because we were at the Pocono uh, f- uh, f- uh, festival, like almost a hundred thousand people, and it had rained. And it was so late that everyone realized, God, there's only one plane left now to get out of here. So everyone was trying to get out, get out, you know, get on and get out. So they ended up, in a, in, you know, in a fist fight to get out of there. Um, but for the most part, there was, you know, it was a, it was a nice community of. You know, people just, you, you know, you don't think it's going to get that big. Mm-hmm. And then it does. So you, you really don't know how, I'll speak for myself, I really didn't know how to act. So I kind of, you know, kept to myself, you know, in a sense and became became an observer. And, uh, you know, so but it was wonderful. It was a wonderful time. Well, you know what? It's it's something to see, I mean, or something to, to hear because there isn't a day when there isn't a Three Dog Night song playing. Yeah, I hope somewhere. I mean, really, it's just amazing. You had, you had 21 uh, top 40 hits, but not just those. There's just all the other songs that you guys had, and they're, they're constantly being played on, on radio and on, the, on all these other forms of, of uh, media these days. Do you still get a kick hearing one? Oh, I love, I, love, I love when I put on the radio and I hear, hear something, you know. I, I go, oh yeah, and my, my daughter, I've been with my daughter when a record comes out, she'll turn the channel. Oh, come on. <laughs> go, it's gotta be. Hey, you know who that is? Dad, I know who it is. Believe me, I know who it is. You <laughs> tell me all the time. <laughs> you know, but yeah, she's actually one time just turned, uh, turned a turn station, but uh, you know, I love hearing it. Uh, it's gotta be such a cool thing. I oh mean, yeah, really. it is, especially after 
you know, all this time. Because there's a thing that happens in, to everybody in, in most walks of life, but definitely in sports and definitely in, uh, in, in music, but almost everywhere. When you hit it really big, the time will come when that starts to slide. Mm-hmm. And for a young person, that's really, uh, and for me what it was, was we did a tour and it was just going great and we pulled into one parking lot. I said, you guys sure this is the place? <laughs> he said, yeah, I said, but there's no one here. You know, oh, know. wow, see? And there was one place on a tour and that was the first sign. That's part of it. That's that was, part, of, that, part of the up yeah, and down, right? That was, and everyone was kind of silent. And it was like, oh my God, this, this would all go away. You know, there's gotta, it's, it's just gotta be a, such a cool thing because I, was, I had this conversation a little bit earlier with one of your band members, actually. Um, you, know, you think about, I have a 10 year old daughter, and you think about the music that you guys, I mean, here it is, I mean, six, 1967, it's gonna be 50 years. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, next year, you know? Um, God. I know, here's the thing though, can you, I mean, you think about the, all the great entertainers out today, all the great acts, all the great bands, all the great musicians, all the great vocalists, the Taylor Swifts of the world, all, all these, you know? Yeah, yeah. But can you, I, I can't imagine their music still. Nothing against them. It's great music, you know. Uh, but I can't imagine the music being as strong as it is today, as it fifty years from now. I mean, what a thing that know, is. That would be an interesting thing because this genre and this era of music is the only music ever that has lasted this long, where there are actually formats all over the country Absolutely. of playing this music and it's not like some specialty thing it's right. all over the place but you know what's cool as, as a theater owner as a venue owner you know i put on these great shows and as i tell the audience i say you know what i'm just here having a party <laughs> with the people the musicians and the bands that i love that's a great job <laughs> and it just so happens you like the same thing that i like you know but the, the reality of it is is that um there's there's a, a an age group a, a variety of ages and one of the, my favorite parts about it is when i see those 12 year olds out there with with who shirts and three dog night shirts and Beatles shirts and yeah, zeppelin yeah, shirts yeah, yeah. and a Pink lot of Floyd shows. shirts well there's a lot of yeah. pink floyd i mean all the three pink dogs floyd I mean, too. Pink floyd, yes. really big and uh, and that's great because i tell them i said not only is it cool because you're fostering our music but you're also fostering future ticket buyers for me so that's the cool thing so you know chuck uh, i mean it's no secret you you've you faced your demons in this in this career mm-hmm. and i've read your book tremendous tremendous i mean you opened up your soul you opened yeah, up you know you really really did and i got to commend you for that because that's that that couldn't have been easy no no i paid for it i paid for it those uh, when i finished that book i went through a very very dark depression I, I i had i developed these resentments and anger that i dealt with and let go um but getting deep into things that happened I was unable or unwilling to turn it over, over and over again and say, I, I, I've got to forget this. And I ended up carrying, you know, like I was in jail and they held, held the key, you know what I mean? And so it was uh, it, uh, two years after that, it was very dark, very dark for me. And it was just, just that the self-examination that I made doing that book, may, first of all, made me see what a terrible person I'd been. What I what a terrible things I'd done to people that I love, and it was not an easy thing for me to handle. And, and in the end, I uh, I couldn't I, I couldn't really handle it, and my marriage fell apart. 
marriage fell apart. You know, because I was, you know, we got married, a happy guy, things were good, and, sure. you know, I went to this very angry, dark, you know, dark place, and it took me really getting to a, a place of surrendering uh, to the, to, you know, the fact that God is everything or God is nothing, and, 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 and asking for the forgiveness and learning how, one, once again, how to forgive unconditionally. Not only, you know, I don't tell the person, so what I'm doing is forgiving for myself. You know, so, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm okay, and I'm not killing anybody. Right, thank goodness. <laughs> so, so would you say writing the book was healing? Writing the book was fun and, and a, a real adventure. But when I started, well, I had a guy. The only reason I wrote the book was this guy came to me. I wasn't going to write the book. I, I've been asked by so many people, and I just didn't want to be another rock guy writing a, sure. another book glamorizing, sensationalizing tragedy. So uh, this a, a guy had won 35 Emmys, and he was a news guy, behind-the-scenes news guy that worked for Fox News. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's legit, well, 35 Emmys. Anyway, um, oh. I was nominated over 100 times. <laughs> he came to me and says, listen, listen um, I was actually helping his brother. His brother's trying to get sober. I was helping his brother, and he heard me talking to his brother, and he came to me, and he said, you know, you really should write a book. So anyway, he said, what I would do for you is I would corroborate everything story that you say with two people. So you would know everything, because you know, you, you might be worried that you're a little foggy. <laughs> yeah, sure. a little foggy. <laughs> so he, every story I told, he went and searched up people, even Danny Hutton. Really? And Corey Wells. Corey Wells wouldn't talk to him, Danny did. Uh, but Corey's a very private person. You know, he probably when he even did the interview, he didn't give up That's right. anything, you know, concerning other people right. or his family. You're right. Anyway, um, so he did, and he checked everything. But it started hitting me that, you know, God, I did a lot of things, and a lot of people know about it, you know. All these, now, with your book. Yeah, well, no, <laughs> and, and that's one of the things that uh, that's, uh, made my marriage fall apart. You know, when you tell your wife, I'm going to write a book. Yeah, right. You know, oh, go ahead. Like, you know, nothing's going to happen, you know. So I did, when it became a bestseller, she didn't like it at all. She was getting calls from her relatives. Oh, really? You married this guy? What are oh, you crazy? Goodness. She's a lawyer, a Jewish lawyer. Oh, my you goodness. You know, a very, very... Her father just made... Just sold his interests in the NBA for $500 million. <laughs> he just did. The, really? the biggest sports deal ever. Anyway, uh, he started the ABA, owned owned a team. Anyway, so, anyway, so it was a whole other deal. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, you know, so that was really hard on her. And then when I started doing TV and everything, she, you know, she really didn't want me to. And then, then New Line Cinema called up and they wanted to make a movie. And you said no. No, and I, I said, yeah, I said, let me go meet them. And I, I, and I met them. And actually her father came with me. And they, uh, they, had, they had some great people in mind. And, you know, Johnny Depp, actually. Johnny Depp was going to play you. Way back then, this is before he, he did all this stuff. Wow. So, uh, well, that, no, he, that's who they wanted to play. I don't know if he would have. But anyway, when I told her that, she said, I'm out of here, I'm leaving. And so I had a can. And I just, but she, she, it ended up, she asked me to leave. But, you know. Nice. Well, we have, we have a child, so, yeah. you know, what are you going to do? Well, you know, uh, this is uh, a time, I mean, we recently lost your brother in music, yeah, yeah. Corey Wells. Yeah. 
and uh, we were fortunate enough to uh, to work together three or four times and you know what a what a soft spoken sweetheart with a great smile he's a nice man and it was just a great guy i mean he was, a fra uh, he was a kind of a fragile guy cuz he was a, he worked for years in, in a relationship that was that was abusive and and it, it really wore on him cuz he, he wasn't that way you know. What was it like back in the day, 72, 72, 74, the three of you guys, Danny, Corey, and yourself? I mean, did you guys hang out a lot? Did you do a lot of high Danny fives? And I, yeah, Danny and I hung out. I got invited to Corey's for dinner, but he didn't invite me. His wife did. Because she just didn't like that he didn't do anything. And she trusted me not to say anything. And she yes. was, Corey's not here with us, so I'm going to tell you this story. Um, she never told him this. Corey told his wife he was going fishing. So uh, he went out and he went fishing. And you know, of course, he wasn't going fishing. He was whatever he was doing, I don't know. So he ran to a fish store and he bought a fish. <laughs> and he brought the fish home. And when she was uh, cleaning it, it had shrimp inside it. <laughs> that was... <laughs> how did he, how, how did he, how did he address she never, that? She never told him. She told me. I said, aren't you angry? She goes, hey, you know, you, you, there's got to be a little wiggle room. There is none here. I, I'm not going to bring it up. Yeah, right. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Are you? But she, how she used to get him out is so terrible. She'd get a bottle of Leapfrau milk, wine, and she'd pour it out, and she'd put like a three, $400 bottle of wine in there. And she, she'd show me the sticker. She'd lift the sticker up. <laughs> a funny lady sounds like hysterical lady. beautiful lady well I'm sure not, they were high school sweethearts well, they were together really? all those years yeah. if there was somebody that you can induct into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame who would you who would you like to hand that honor off to well I'm glad Chicago's going in I think I think that they they deserve they were so unique when they came out no one was yeah. like them that's right I mean no one was like um you know, pretty much, you know who would be a, 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 um, a weird group, but I've seen them work the Turtles. Mm. I think that Howard Caitlin is one of the great, great, great singers. I worked with him. I saw him every night. The guy didn't miss a beat one night. Really? So unfortunately, you know, he's you know, just in, in kind of a happy, funny band, you know, so he doesn't get the credit. I would, you know, if I could, I'd induct Three Dog Night. Uh, I'm sad. Now, I'll be honest, it's very funny. I don't care anymore because Corey's gone. Yeah. And he, that would have been important to him. It's not that important to me. Um, I would rather be inducted by myself. I got you. All right. I'll give you that. Okay. I'll give you that. Okay. I'll give you that. <laughs> okay. You're a fun guy. Okay. I just can't believe it's taking my whole family. My whole family. Oh, yeah, it's taken a long time to get here. I know. I can't believe you're finally here at the Arcata Theater. Yeah, see, Taylor Negro, my, my cousin, yeah. one of the funniest men alive. And my uncle. Oh, my whole family's uh, silly, silly people. Now, have you always been this way, though? I mean, you seem no, like no, a prankster. No, no, I was very... Uh, what? Are you a prankster? You seem like a No, prankster. no, I'm not a prankster. I'm not a prankster. Um, but I will embarrass you in front of your mother. Oh, that's good to know. Mother. That's good to know. It's <laughs> good to know. <laughs> no, but, um, no, I'm not a prankster. Not a, not a I was very shy. I was a very shy kid. I had a lot of stuff wrong with me. I had a weak eye that 
roamed around. So uh, they covered the good one with blacked out glasses, so I had well, like a patch, but it was glasses that were blacked out. Mm -hmm. And I had I had corrective shoes on. I came up to here. Really? And a blood disorder, and I had boils. <laughs> Holy! And look at you now. No, it's like a me? mess. I was a mess. I learned to fight, though. I'll tell you. I bet. Well, no, I, did, I just I, I, I wouldn't take anything for anybody. You know, I'm not anybody's target. I don't know why I was that way, but I was. Um, but people, you know, people took advantage. Oh my gosh. But then I got big. I got big and became a good athlete. And thank God I could sing because I, you know, I don't know what else I'd do. <laughs> well, I, thank God that you kept singing. Thank God that you're still here today doing it. Yeah. I mean, your show, we, we just had a show, just finished it, and you're very generous with your time, especially oh, thank after, you. after such a physical performance. Yeah, well, no, I mean, really, the crowd was out yeah. of their minds. Great, but that, let me tell you, but that, this place is great. There's actually kind of a thing going on here where yeah. they get up and they they get involved. It's kind of, I could see yeah. that this is something that happens here. You're right. It's very, very nice. I mean, Thank what, you. what, I mean, my guitar player, I've never seen him go down and. He, he said this is one of the best nights of his career. There you go, and he, he, he said that. And he showed it. He enjoyed it. He, he showed it. I'm whistling. I'm Obama. Obama. <laughs> no, everybody was loving. They were singing, dancing. I mean, you had them going. You yes, still got it, Chuck. This is a, this is a nice place. Thank so, you. You know, you got a nice thing going here, and you know you're grateful for it and happy with it. And that's Man. you know because most uh, theater owners are a, you know, a little short, a little. I'm told. Look at me. No, no, no. I mean, I mean, oh. you know, abrasive, <laughs> abrasive, oh. because. The things never end. Ne Everything does never gets done. Yeah. And you know, and you either got to flow with that, or you know, you become a little neurotic. No. You know, so you well, seem to be. Well, you, you can see you put you put time into the place. Well, I'm, nice. I'm a fan. I'm a yeah. fan. I mean, I'm sitting here with one of my heroes. Are you kidding oh, me? Very, yeah. But it's yeah. true. Again, you know, this is your stuff. I've, I, you know, and you hear this and you take it. I don't know anyway because if someone says I grew up listening to you and everything, but it's true. I grew up listening to it. I continue listening to it. I'm, oh, that's nice. I, you know, you're the you're the music that I'm playing on a summer day with my windows rolled down and I'm playing the dashboard keyboard and I'm playing the the, the steering wheel guitar and you know that's the music. Your I music. Do I do that too. To a lot of stuff. For sure. Yeah. You know. So. Well, thanks. Not for as being much here. now because my daughter. I have a 15 year old rides to me. And it just, it's just, she's abusive. It's, <laughs> you know, I'm, it's like, you know. She's a Justin Bieber person, probably. Well, yeah, she just, you know, daddy, dad, this is dad in the eyes, and <laughs> whatever they do. I'm doing an album with them. I'm doing an album with, she's 15, her sister's 22, just turned 22. And we have an album, it's called Negron, and it's, we're just doing the sweetening. And really? Some really, really great songs, and they sing, they sing great harmony. So we're doing, uh, three love nights and three harmonies, uh, harmonies and three different singers. So, they're doing your music. Yeah, yeah, original music. Wow. Yeah. So, would you bring them back here? Would you do it here? Well, I don't know if I, you know, trust me. Getting them in the studio was, you know, I mean, it was like, you know, that dad, I'm busy. Well, next time you're you know, coming, you yeah. gotta have. One's them. graduating, so it's gonna, it's gonna, you know, gonna be easy. They were both singing. This is funny. They were both singing in the. You know, then the data break, and the engineer goes, "Check this. Can you tell? Are they moving in there?" Or are I said, "I don't think so, because the clicking, there's noise." And I stood up, and I walk in, and they're texting. 
through the text. The text. No way. <laughs> really? For, 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 for. You're kidding me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's unfortunately, and I've got a 10-year-old daughter, same thing. You yeah. know, you try to have dinner, and she's doing this thing. She's watching videos, YouTube, everything during dinner. Yeah, you got to stop it, that at dinner. I threw, you know those Corona beer commercials? They take the phone, they skim it up the water. That's what I did with her phone out the backyard. Yeah, yeah. I said, you just yeah. can't have that. Yeah, Chuck, thank you for being Thank you. Here. I mean, it's a big deal for us. For well, you're very here. kind. You're very kind. Backstage with one of the greatest voices I in rock good. and roll. I am good. You're great. Still are. Oh, I'm bad. We'll see you next time backstage here at the Arcata Theater. Chuck Negron. Thank you. you